Hey everyone, welcome to The Orchard Podcast with Amy Hughes and Rachel Hughes. We hope this episode encourages and inspires you today. Well, welcome to episode one, series four. Feels like a long time. It does. It actually does. <laughs> it really have, you, does. have you missed our dulcet <laughs> tones over the airwaves into your eardrums? Mm. Um, we, it is actually really good to be back, though. It's nice to be sitting. We, we're sitting at Gas Street staff offices in the loft. And when I said to Amy, we're going to be recording this <laughs> at Gas Street in the loft, I think you pictured some snazzy little space. I did. That was cosy, warm, kind of artsy. Mm-hmm. It really is it's, a loft. Yeah. It's a loft space with no insulation. It's January and we are freezing. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you can actually see our breath as we're recording this. But we've got some nice blankets. I bought some blankets from home. I came prepared. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also wearing my hand-knitted scarf. Yes. And actually, Amy... It's a very nice hand-knitted scarf. I've got a surprise <gasps> for you. Have you actually got me one? Over Christmas, <laughs> I decided to knit you a matching scarf. Have you got it with you today? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I can never keep anything secret for Amy, so I'm, I'm just going to get it one sec. And I actually just said to you, can you make me a matching if, scarf? If you're only <gasps> listening to this, you won't be able to see, but oh. I am handing over to Amy. I, this isn't matching. even staged. It's I had staged. no idea. Oh, oh my God! We can be twins. You're <laughs> I know. Do you know? I decided to to knit something over Christmas to curb my scrolling instincts. That's, this is so good. I'm so pleased you like oh it. Oh my gosh! I'm like so chuffed. Oh, good. how do you put it on? Like, like that? that. Well, it's very long, so you can <gasps> sort of wrap it around your neck so a few nice. times. So look, now we're twinning. <laughs> I was a bit gel with your scarf. Were so you? So good. Oh, good. Oh, I was thinking my. I'm never going to keep the secret from Amy. I was wondering why you've got a present. Oh, it was you for you. Oh, so there we go. So I'm, if you're nice. listening, you might just have... Well, I tell you what, we'll put a photo up on Instagram <laughs> in our matching you knitted scarves. No, I, it takes me so long to make them. But I am actually... Sorry, this is off that we are going to get into the word yeah, of the speed Lord. Speed up, speed but up. But you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to attempt oh. to make a jumper. I've decided our housemate, Alice, um, I don't know whether I've mentioned Alice before, possibly. She's awesome. Um, She lives with us. And she came home from Christmas and her sister had knitted her a jumper. And I just was like, that's going to be my creative project for 2024. I'm like majorly impressed. Oh, I'm so happy you like it. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, it was, to be fair, it, it was it was to you help get me. some people on here who want yeah, you no, to. Yeah, no, don't even begin that. There was just no chance. So, yes. Back to series four uh, in our matching scarves. <laughs> Gosh, we're so sad. Um, and do you know what? We we put our heads together, didn't we, last yes. year? I'm like, what are we going to do for Series 4? Um, and hopefully, I think a whole bunch of you have been tracking with us, which is wonderful. And we decided, we had a whole bunch of different ideas. But what we sort of tracked back to was, do you know what? There are still a whole bunch of women, named and unnamed, so many. in the Bible that we haven't covered and so, very unoriginally, <laughs> this new series is called More yeah. Women of the Story. Um, Rach Wilson, who works with us on our communications, was like, really? Could you not come up with anything more original? We're like, if you, if you can think of a yeah. better title, but no, it's more. So many more. So many more Women of the Story. Yes. 
And we're going to start with Miriam and the midwives. Mm. Um, and we're going to do this in two parts because we, we thought we'd be able to mush this, squish this into one episode. But actually, there's so much in both that we're going to do Miriam and the midwives part one. And then episode two is going to be Miriam and the midwives part two. Mm. So stay tuned. Um, and just to quickly say, sorry, I know there's been a lot of my voice and Amy has plenty of wonderful things to say, so I'm going to shut up. She's just, you're still getting over your knee scar. I, honestly, you? I really am. Oh, yeah. So lovely. Um, uh, we, we also have potentially some very exciting updates for The Orchard this year. New year. New year. New plans. Yeah. So watch this space yeah. and um, we can't really say anything just yet, but... We'll keep you posted. Rachel's bursting. I am a bit. And I'm trying I am to a bit. rein her in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and maybe, Amy, what, what about, you could say, like, what this podcast is about, because it might be that people might be joining this and they've not listened mm. to anything else. What, what are we trying to do <laughs> in this podcast, except for inspire people to knit? Yeah, very good. Um, well, we've been looking over at the women in the, we did the New Testament, we didn't did. we? And then the Old Testament. Um, and really looking at their stories and seeing how they are catalysts. Like God uses um, these women in profound ways mm -hmm. through their bravery, obedience, devotion, whatever it is, um, to extend the kingdom, to extend and be part of his story. Mm. Um, and so it's just been amazing to see how God has used these women in quite powerful ways and upside down ways, which we'll get onto later um looking at this story um so yeah and there are just so many and i keep reading the bible and seeing oh there's another woman that's not named or there's another woman who is used to catalyze this breakthrough or this progression of the story and mm. they just need naming yeah and they need some airtime. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. Yes, because I think that's the challenge, isn't it? That often we skip over them because they don't often have many lines or they might feature like in literally a couple of verses or like a chapter. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to miss them. It's like they're like these hidden diamonds in yeah. the scripture. And they're also then understand how God wants to use us right yeah. now in those kind of ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so Miriam and the midwives. Yeah. Well, before you're going to read to us, aren't I you? Am, so we yeah. don't have to read the whole chapter. No. Nope. Um, we are going, we're going to look at Exodus um, 1 and we're going to read from verse 15. So if you have your Bible, mm -hmm. um, open it. But as Rachel always says, <laughs> if you're running, you can listen to it. <laughs> driving. If you're driving. Ironing. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Um, open your Bible. And the context here, I'm sure, is very familiar, um, is that the Israelites are enslaved to the Egyptians. Um, under Pharaoh. Um, but what's interesting is we get to this part in Exodus. Um, they are gaining more power. It says the more they are oppressed, the more they multiply, which is interesting. It's probably another whole podcast in itself. But that again, that sort of upside downness of the kingdom. Um, and, uh, and so they're becoming more and more powerful. And obviously Pharaoh is getting super twitchy about it. So here we read. Here we read. Do you know what we found as well is when we, um, <laughs> when we, we dig into some of these, particularly the Old Testament, we, we come across names <laughs> that we don't know how to pronounce. So we have primed ready on YouTube um, how to pronounce the names of the midwives. So here we go. This is... Oh, it's jazzy music. This is YouTube. We oh, <laughs> that's quite deep, isn't it? Biblical names. <laughs> we'll be looking at how to say more names 
That's not the Bible as well. Oh Stay my goodness. To learn more of those two midwives. I like this man very deep. Shifra. Shifra. Okay. Shifra. Shifra. In Hebrew it said as Shifra, not Shifra. 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 And Pua. Pua. Shifra and Pua. Shifra. Like this video if you found it useful. Oh, like this video. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's been extremely helpful. He's got the deepest <laughs> voice in the world. Shifra and Pua. There we go. Very good. You heard it here first from the professional man in YouTube. So I'm going to read from um, Exodus 1. Um, sorry, that voice is just giving me the giggles. <laughs> She's so unsurprisingly, surprisingly deep. Surprisingly Shifra. deep. Shifra. 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 Shifra Pua. and Pua. Yes. Okay. Gosh, the gravel, the gravel tones. Um, Exodus 1, verse 15. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, just side note, mm. the delivery stool sounds <laughs> utterly terrifying, doesn't it? Gosh, anyone who's experienced childbirth, <laughs> I cannot even imagine trying to deliver on a stool. <laughs> wow. I just keep bashing <laughs> On the microphone. Woo, that's sort of giving me the shivers, actually. Yeah. Delivery stool. Um, <clears throat> if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God, key, and did not want... Uh, sorry, and, di and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous. Apparently lively, another translation, lively. And they give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives. I love that. Yeah. God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because of the midwife, because the midwives had feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all the people. Every Hebrew boy that is born must be thrown into the Nile. Let every girl live. It's a bit dark, it has to be said. Mm. Um, and obviously... We're not going to go into this, but it would be remiss not to mention that it's it echo echoes of King Herod, obviously at the time of Jesus's birth, who also <coughs> ordered for the baby boys to be killed mm. um, out of his fear of this new Messiah, this new king that he'd heard reported about from the from the Magi. And so, I mean, there's an obvious parallel there. We're not going to dive too much into that. But uh, this, I think what we can conclude is that this is a key point in the story of God, much the same, obviously, that Jesus' birth is a pinnacle moment in the story of God. Yeah. What we can also assume is that this is the arrival of Moses. Moses is not the Messiah. He's not God in human flesh, but he's clearly God's man. He's been set aside, set apart for a very specific task, mm. for a very specific moment in the story of God and at the, and what's interesting is is at those two key moments we see this satanic this demonic plan that's played out through human hands obviously at the time of Jesus birth through Herod now through Moses through Pharaoh to eliminate the baby boys we're mm. going to say a little bit more about that specifically mm. but it's just almost like a take note moment, isn't yeah. it? This is yeah. a key point in history yeah. the arrival of Moses yeah. um, is about to happen yeah. and 
and it'll bleed even more into talking about Miriam next time. Exactly. So stay tuned. Exactly, the significance of but that. But should we just recognise the midwives yes. before we... Yeah, if you are a midwife listening to this, we honour you. We honour you, midwives. We have four... Cho- I have... Well, we, you have five, I but have we have four children. Four by birth. Four by birth. Well, uh, to, I, Rachel was mocking. <laughs> Technically, I've had given birth four times. Amy's only given birth three times because she and had I twins. rebuked her heavily because twins is still two labours. Well, not really. It really is. Because it's like the same amount of contractions. <laughs> twin, twin mums will... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. twin mums. Yes. Whatever. I salute you. Yeah. Yes. All right. Fair enough. But anyway... It's a big job. It and is. a huge job. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Just I, to I had an moment. amazing midwife called Rhiannon who, again, love the NHS, but often with the NHS, you get different, you know, you get a different midwife each time. Amazingly, mm. I had the same midwife, this wonderful, wonderful woman called Rhiannon, for the, my last three births. And we became good friends. And, and actually on the fight, what was annoying though, she did all my sort of antenatal, is it antenatal, the yeah. stuff before? Yeah. Um, she did all my antenatal stuff and never never delivered my number two or my number three. And so when number four came along, I was like determined for her to <laughs> deliver to actually deliver the I baby. Yeah. This. Because yes. I think like the first time she was on holiday, second time my lowest number three came early so she wasn't around she yeah. was on shift and so by by Judah I was like, right, mm. I really would love Rihanna. <laughs> now she was quite keen too. Anyway, so um Anyone who knows what a sweep is, I'm sorry, that will have made your eyes water. So I went for a major sweep on the day of his due date because yeah. I was like, I want to, I want to have this baby out. A major sweep, like a ma- <laughs> not not just a, like a nice little sweep of the kitchen, like a a deep a oh. deep clean. <laughs> Again, sorry if you yeah, it, you don't need to know what that is. It's it's quite something um, eye watering, and I went into labour that day, and she was. Basically, she was on duty until 6 p.m. And then she had to go because she was doing this other class. She had this class to attend to. And so she was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to deliver this baby because it's unlikely that you'll be able to have this baby by 6 p.m. And because I'm like slightly competitive and it was my fourth child, I'm like, I'm going to have this baby. And so I spent the day marching around <laughs> Richmond Park, anyone in southwest London, Aww. bouncing on my bouncy ball. Brianna. So that yeah. Rihanna would do it. And then it was like 4 p.m. I was like, I'm good to go. Got to the hospital and she was like, oh, hello. Uh, and I said, let's do this. And guess what? Baby Judah was born at about 5.30 p.m. That's brilliant. And then off she went at 6 p.m. to do her class. Well, she made an impact on you. She did. She did. I'm sorry for all those women listening who have not given birth. I'm sorry that was slightly alienating, but it was um, a little little birth story. We'll move on now so that you don't have to sit in that zone (laughs) for any longer. Yes. But there is lots to draw out. Although you did have your baby very quickly, didn't you? I was was thinking as we were reading that, that I can... You're like, you're like, I can, you're um, like the Hebrew women that yeah, pop them out. Resonate with the, um, my, I nearly had mine in the car because it was you? very speedy. But yes, lots to draw out from this. Lots to draw out. Um, we talk about courage yeah. a lot. So whenever we've, every woman, Absolutely. to be honest, that we have spoken about has had exceptional courage. Um, well, and this is, is gone. No, I was just saying, in a sense, Almost the very fact that they get featured in the Word of God, especially yeah. in the Old Testament, well, mm. and the New, mm. almost courage is like a prerequisite, isn't it? Because it's such a patriarchal society. Women's place in society is so low. Mm. 
and so marginal that the very fact that they're yeah. named, mentioned, yeah. it's, it's always yeah. cu courage is a, yeah, it's it, like a foregone conclusion, yeah. I guess. And it says in the passage, doesn't it, that they fear God. Yeah. Um, and so even just before we begin, let's recognize that they are standing up to and effectively lying, which we're going to go into to Pharaoh and we were saying what is that the equivalent of and it's probably like the equivalent of standing in front of Hitler who has given you a demand I mean this guy is killing people left right and center wouldn't care to kill somebody straight away you know yeah. like this is a terrifyingly powerful mm. um man that yes. they are standing up against yeah this isn't like standing in front of your head teacher no. or, yeah and so Goodness me, the level of courage and God-fearing um, is exceptional and we need to recognise it. And they had no status. You know, they were women, um, again, in a highly patriarchal social system, yeah. political system, you name it. Mm. And so not only are they standing in front of like the most powerful and dangerous man in the world, but yeah. they, have no, they have nothing to back them. Yeah. No, 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 humanly speaking, nothing to mm. protect them yeah. except for their fear in the Lord, yeah. fear in God, yeah. which is and pretty I love that. amazing. I mean, we could maybe park here for a minute, but yeah. because what then... Because we talk about fearing God and yeah. obviously it's a, it's an awe of God. It's a fearing, you know what I mean? Not fearing, like being scared of, um, but an awe of God being the um, master over my life effectively. So how do we, how do you get to that mm. point? How do you become a God fearing person? Yeah, that's good. Is it knowing that this is, this isn't, this is just not the end? As in this life is not the end. I'm going to fear God who I'm going to be with forever mm. and his ways. It's a surrender. It's a posture of surrender, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I think that it's so easy, certainly I speak for myself, to fear man over or fearing, you know. Not, human beings. Yeah, so, humans yeah. or not get or powerful Earthly people. power. Yeah. Yes. And actually we want to be like these midwives, how do we fear God over man? Mm. And I guess what does that look like in each of our contexts, yeah. doesn't it? That we... Human, I mean. Yeah, yeah because because if we... And I love that, that, that fearing God isn't sort of this, um, I'm scared of you. It's like a recognition of his power. Who he is, exactly. Yeah, a recognition of his authority. Actually, I love that song. There's um, a Brooke Ligetwood song um, on her current album about the authority. And I was prayer walking the other morning mm. singing that oh, yeah. out i can't oh, remember yeah. how it goes do you I, know that I've one i've heard I mean? you sing it before oh something about his is it authority it, it is, is authority. isn't it yeah it's a good song yeah. anyway can't think what the but but just again like speaking out that yeah it's it's his authority yeah it's his authority yeah. that matters above all other authorities that doesn't mean that we go out and break no, the law or totally. you know what i mean although it's worth it's worth <sighs> mentioning Mm. That obviously for many Christians around the world, mm. to follow Jesus is to break the law, mm. is to go against the political, mm. governmental systems yeah, and structures. Christianity isn't legal yeah. in your country, then you are illegal by worship. Your, yeah. Your, um, yeah. And that takes, again, huge amounts of yeah. courage. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. I suppose then in a country where it is legal mm. and really maybe even in light of the persecuted church, mm. actually, maybe there are, we all need to do a bit of an inventory of like, yeah. where am I allowing human authority to 
keep me fearful, keep me contained, keep me silent yeah. Yeah. Uh, about who Jesus is. And, yeah. and, and this is... Um, this is a an act of they stand up, don't they, to injustice? Yeah. So it's not even. It's like where do we not stand up? It's good to the injustice that we see yeah. in our workplace or around us, um, because actually that's not God's way. Yeah. Uh, because we're fearing ultimately punishment or we're fearing not gaining the approval of others mm. or whatever it is. I think it's really good to have a reflect to reflect upon that and i think we are in we are entering to or we are living through times mm. where i think it's going to become increasingly mm, hard mm. to stand on the word of god to say jesus is my rock yeah to profess to being a christian yeah I mean, I pray for a revival oh, no, no, no. and I feel like that's the only hope is, is God mm, to agreed. move in power, to awaken the church, mm. to call us to a more radical discipleship. Because I think we are going to be living through times where yeah. we're going to need to be God fearing. We're going to need to say, yeah. I, I stand on the authority of God. Yeah. I, I stand authority of God's word. Yeah. more than I do yeah. on whatever culture might say is right or wrong. Yeah. And that's kind of scary. Yeah. It's going to require serious amounts of courage. We're not just going to yeah. be going with the flow. Yeah. In some things, we're going to be going against the flow. Yeah. And that's going to yeah. take courage. And I, I, guess, I guess part of it is to gain the courage then is to be... The only way is to have hope for... Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, a hope that, that this isn't the end. Mm. I think that's the only way yeah. to be able to take on the, that courage. Yeah. Um, and maybe it is to say no to certain things. I can think of a friend of mine who was really, really high up in recruitment, mm. like, you know, worked from a, a top recruitment firm in London, um, was doing exceptionally well. And I remember her saying that part of the job is lying and it's interesting we're going to talk about that a yeah. bit later in, in almost in a different context but lying for and we're going to talk about motives but lying for the wrong motive lying basically to make more money and to climb the career ladder yeah and she said i made a decision mm. to not lie to, to operate in a different spirit and what was remarkable a bit like the midwives is that she just she just grew in her career it, it wasn't a hindrance and yet humanly speaking she shouldn't she yeah you know it, it should have actually been a real hindrance to her being able to get on in her career mm. because it was just so intrinsic to the nature of the job but she was like no I'm not going to come under that yeah I'm going to choose to fear God in this and mm. I'm not going to lie yeah and so maybe for each of us it's like thinking about yeah in our context in our lives yeah where do we say no yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to trust God to raise me up. Absolutely. Not push forward. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's loads more to say on that, probably. I mean, I think what's interesting, again, thinking about the whole Pharaoh and then even and Herod, you know, those two comparisons, that what we see is Pharaoh is operating out of a fear mindset. So everything that he does, he's so afraid of losing his power, mm. isn't he? And so he's he's insecure this man that has all earthly power mm. he has everything all the resources at his fingertips he's still in fear mm. and i think again it speaks into that lie that 
you can have everything that the world would afford us, power, money, influence, whatever it might be, mm. and yet you can still operate in a, fe- in a fear mindset, mm. almost in a scarcity mindset. Yeah, it's like, like I need more, I need mm. more, I need more. Yeah, like gripping and control and holding tightly and yeah. Absolutely. That. that is fear, isn't it? And the, mi- the midwives are operating in a faith mindset. Yeah. It's like, nope, actually they've got nothing, yeah. you know, really. Yeah. And yet they operate out of faith. Mm. And I think for me personally, that's something that I have to ask myself all the time. Yeah. Am I making this decision out of a yeah. fear mindset mm. or out of a faith mindset? Am mm. I making this call? Am I choosing this course of action out of a scarcity mindset or out of a yeah a mindset that says no god has all the resources yeah and he loves me and mm-hmm. ultimately i'm going to be okay even if i have to journey through weather some storms here mm-hmm. on earth ultimately everything's going to be okay yeah i think that's really good oh thank you well done <laughs> but also moving along yeah um one of the things i think that um stands out to me is um standing they stand together yes um and we talk we've actually even as i've been reading so many there are so many times where it said it says they stood up or they stand up or they stand yes. it's so it, i it, i love that because it's like we're taking a stand like we've talked about with hannah before she well, stood that, up yeah it's like hebrew idiom isn't it yeah. just as to is to is to take, take a, stand, a stand yeah to put to your foot sort of, down no i'm not i'm not going to be pushed to one side oh um, i love that Anyway, and I just love that it's standing together as this sort of female bond. Um, and obviously, I lo- we love doing this together. And that's been part of it, hasn't it? Yeah. To sort of um, be, be side by side mm. um, in ministry. I love that. But it just made me think that the enemy, I, we've got daughters and how the enemy from the earliest <laughs> moments, even nursery, girls are so unkind to each other aren't can they be, yeah can be yes and um and i was just thinking actually how um powerful it is when women are side by side and they're cheering one another on mm. and they're standing in the gap together they're knitting for one another they're knitting for one another um and i just think it's a moment to be aware mm. of when we are essentially sort of partnering with the enemy, you know, or um, a sort of bending into his ways when we want to rip other people down or mm. we want to compare or be jealous or, or go whatever it alone it is, even. Or go it alone. But actually there's this power in standing together in this particular story that um, is worth recognising. Well, I think, again, we underestimate it, don't we? It's like, oh, it's so nice to do this together. Mm. Oh, how nice, how lovely. But <laughs> I think early on we recognised doing like standing together as as we are doing with the orchard it's more than just oh this is really nice and it is really nice yeah but it feels prophetic it does there's a power there's a it feels like there's a power behind it that it's way beyond our humanity yeah and and i think because you're really annoying yeah yeah (laughs) i am i am really annoying obviously joking Um, gosh, that's so unusual for you to say that. It's, it's a little gag. It's, it's a little gag. So naughty. Oh, you're but not. I think, yeah, exactly that um, it's key. Let's not gloss over the fact they stand together. And I think even um, even recognising the bond between women that we have been designed. I know we talk, we talk, we've talked a little bit about sort of male-female difference, you know, the Genesis, Genesis mandate that, 
that we have been created different but equal. Yeah. And and I'm a firm believer that with men and women, there's a lot of overlap. I'm, I'm a little allergic to gender stereotyping <laughs> um, because I think within what it means to be feminine, there's yeah. a really broad spectrum. In the same way, in what it means to be masculine, there's a broad spectrum. And I'm nervous about any stereotypes that like to sort of box women into yeah. a container that just feels too small. Yeah. Um, and yet at the same time, I think we have to recognize there's this, there's, there's great overlap between men and women, our strength, our gifting. But I also think it's important, particularly perhaps in this day and age, yeah. to recognize that there is difference, yeah. that we, we weren't just created as one human being. We were created distinct male and female and that within that, there will be some mm. difference. We see it physically. So therefore, there must be some other, yeah. other differences. Yeah. Uh, the key is that those differences don't make us unequal. The, the, the key is that that doesn't make one sort yeah. of um, yeah. more important than the other. But we see, we see them and we recognize them yes. as really important, equally yes. important. And I wonder if... Mm having sort of prefaced, yeah. <laughs> prefaced this statement with all of that, <laughs> that one of the things that's distinct potentially is our capacity to bond mm. as women. Yeah. I mean, we're sisters, so yeah. we have that bond, but our husbands are quite hilarious about our relationship because <laughs> we spend a lot of time together. We love each other deeply. And they kind of joke that we'd probably be all right, wouldn't we? <laughs> The two of us with our little knitted scarves together. No, we love our husbands and yeah, we, 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 we need them desperately. Absolutely. But it's they get it's, a bit gel. They get they? a bit jealous. <laughs> in a in a don't worry, it's nothing to worry no, in, a, in a kind of a funny yeah. way. But I wonder if one of the gifts that we have as women is our capacity yes, to bond. Totally. And of course love wherever that. there's a gift, yeah. a heavenly gift, you can be absolutely sure that the enemy will try and mm. rob it, kill it, destroy it. Yeah. Do you know, I was just laughing about <laughs> my daughter is um, sitting her GCSE mocks at the moment. And I didn't do very well at my GCSEs. And I can I was laughing the other day with someone because <laughs> I was recalling my my science GCSE was particularly poor, mostly because I fancied this boy in my science class called Always Anthony. Yes. And I was so distracted by Anthony. Um, that Anthony? I, I, do you I remember, remember Anthony? Anthony. Yeah. yeah. That I couldn't, I, I just didn't really learn anything. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, anyway, I'm not going to go into any work. But I vividly remember there was a question about penguins in my science exam and one of the questions was why do penguins huddle together and you had to sort of give three answers I think I could only think of two the first one was to stay warm yeah that was right yeah the other answer I gave is so that they could get to know each <laughs> so that they could get to know each other and wouldn't fight and fall out Apparently that wasn't the right answer. <laughs> but that is oh, it, that's so sweet. I know, but I was it. Just, just, this is just, <laughs> I certainly didn't take science A level, um, but uh, I actually think we are supposed to do that. <laughs> I know. That's so sweet. Yeah. I love that. Anyway, there we go. It just does. It's that. interesting also that. Um, the Pharaoh completely underestimates the fact that, I mean, they're Hebrew. Yeah. He's like saying Hebrew midwives go and kill your people effectively. Yeah. yeah. So even the arrogance 
for one, well, clearly he's powerful and thinks that everyone's afraid of him. And they, he underestimates that they actually fear God over him. Um, but that is interesting to mm-hmm. me anyway, um, that he would think that they would go against their own people. And maybe that's also this instinct that you're talking about. Yeah. That actually there's something within us that can't. As women. Yeah. That actually, yeah, maybe, again, I'm not making any sort no. of sweeping statements or generalizations and I'm certainly not being anti-men in this but again just recognizing that perhaps one of our superpowers as women is the desire to nurture again not making any stereotypes there are plenty of very nurturing men so I'm not saying that Mm. but I wonder if in our uniqueness, there is a predisposition towards nurturing. Mm. And look at biology. We're designed to carry the, the babies. In order to carry babies and to raise babies, you need to be highly nurturing. Mm. And we're talking about babies in this situation. And I wonder if, again, yeah. this powerful man underestimates yeah. that powerful nurturing instinct that yeah. is inherent within most women. Yeah that would drive them to risk their own lives to save these babies. It's also really interesting, as you were speaking, that I wonder also whether he, what he underestimates is that he, you never know. They might have, there might have been prestige out of this. There might have been, you never know, like what might he have given them for their service or what might he have paid them for their service. And again, it's like, no, that's They refuse it. I'm not. I'm not hungry for that. I'm not going to I'm not going to disobey God for that. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but it's interesting. Yeah, they they uh, yeah, they they probably would have got his protection. Something. Yeah. Which would have counted for a huge amount. Yeah. And and don't forget they're living in slave conditions. Yeah. So you're right. They yeah. reject potentially Something. the opportunity mm. to move beyond those slave yeah. conditions. Gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. And even, so then the idea of fearing God over... Comfort, safety, safety. Yeah. and <gasps> health and wealth and all of it is probably the way to get fearing God. Is that's laying good. all that down, I guess. Wow. Anyway. That's amazing. Mm. Okay, so we've firmly established that they are courageous. <laughs> yeah. But what we also see is that they demonstrate for us the upside down nature of the kingdom of yeah, God. Yeah. Go on, Amy. Well, it's just so interesting to me that, as we said, he's operating out of fear. Pharaoh. Pharaoh is operating yeah. out of fear. And he's like, ah, oh, I need to, you know, squash all power, which is effectively killing all the boys. Right? Yeah, he, he equates power, power with, with the boy. men. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, well, I need to kill them so they don't gain any more power in our in my you know um kingdom um but what's so interesting is we're as we're reading this is that he's killing the boys yet god's using the women to actually be powerful in his kingdom to extend not only stop a genocide but as we read next week release and protect moses who is god's chosen person to bring about freedom for his people Mm. i mean it's like again it's recognizing in this not the people in it, but God's ways and yeah. God's ways are upside down. He uses the unlikely, doesn't he? Um, he uses the weak to shame, the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. You know, we're seeing this in Exodus already that, um, that actually sometimes we think, oh, we need to, even as women, perhaps, we need to gain the powerful positions and then 
you know, then we'll be able to make a mark in the kingdom. It's like, no, it's not, it's not mm. like that. Mm. He wants our obedience, mm. our God fearing obedience um, and devotion to him only. That is all the qualification needed. And then he will work out his um, plans and his ways. Mm. It's just upside down. I think it's worth noting. It, exactly. And the sort of the thing that most demonstrates the upside down nature of the kingdom of God is this issue of power. Yeah, exactly. That, that we we have such a warped understanding of power <laughs> yeah. in an earthly sense. Yeah. And actually, a lot of this comes out, I love the way Daryl Johnson, who writes brilliant biblical commentaries, he talks about like putting on your spiritual glasses. In fact, I think I mentioned this in in one of the talks that we did in the conference, yeah. this idea that uh, when you look at things in 3D, yeah. it, it means sort of seeing things through spiritual eyes and recognising that the power structures at play, humanly speaking, on the earth mm. are so different yeah. to the way that power operates in the kingdom. And it's, as you said, it's upside down. And and, and I guess the, the epitome of that is that sitting on the throne is the slain lamb. You know, you, you have this, we have this image of Jesus as the lion and the lamb, the ferocious lion. Mm. Yes. But it, it, the one who's ruling is the slain lamb. Uh, My, my friend, Nick Drake has this phrase, the king who wins by losing. And I think for us as human beings, and I think this plays into us as women, which I'll touch on in a minute, it's so easy to buy into yeah, so this uh, this sort of paradigm, this narrative that to get on, mm. you have to gain power, power, mm. earthly power, more influence, yeah. more power. Yeah. And the Platform, way, position, and it's like, not necessarily. That's not how you win. Exactly. That's how we think we're going to win. And yet the kingdom of God is like, no, 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 no. You, the first shall be last humble yourself you know and and I think what's interesting for me look thinking about that through the context of women Mm. again touched on this at the conference a couple of years ago is this idea that um militant feminism and I'm not anti-feminist at all if anything I, I there's a lot about feminism that I love and that I think is righting a wrong and that is about injustice so but um, I think this, this sort of strand of feminism that's very militant is all about getting the power back. Yeah. Like I loved the Barbie movie. Absolutely loved it. thought it was hilarious. But those last mm. five minutes it wasn't for me. Kingdom. Yeah. No, it was yeah. so sad. It was like, no, no, no. The answer isn't let's subject the men yeah. and elevate the women. There it, is a balance to rewrite for sure. But the blueprint, the kingdom blueprint is working equal. in equal partnership that's the kingdom and to do that we don't try and grasp power (laughs) we work from upside down yeah that doesn't mean that we don't stand up against injustice i think it's really important it's not like we become doormats we don't just sort of lie down in the face of injustice of course well this is what we're reading right now exactly they do it but they do it from underneath yeah they do it from underneath they do it from underneath um and it's God fearing, <laughs> you know, it's about God, not them, not them, yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's worth speaking, even to those people listening, maybe who, um, who feel, you know, in on a in a sort of earthly sense, not in a powerful position underneath, kind or of thing, underneath, yeah. or un, or an unlikely person. Mm-hmm. I just feel to speak to 
you or for myself, you know, that actually it's not about that. He's looking for our obedience and he's looking for our, um, our God-fearing heart. Yeah. And actually he can move mountains mm. wherever you are with that posture because it's not about what we see necessarily with our, um, our human eyes. But yeah. actually as we step out in obedience, as we obey him, as we fear him above anyone else, things are moving. You know, the story is continuing. Um, mm. I mean, these, these women probably didn't, don't know the end of the story. No, that's right. They have no idea, probably. Well, they probably think there's a really good chance we're going to get killed. Yeah. yeah. That's the reality, isn't yeah, it? They'd probably, be yeah. very naive not to think that the story ends with their heads on the block, quite honestly. Yeah. But but God has other ways and other yeah. plans. But that's interesting, isn't it? Their obedience, again, we've talked about this so much, but their mm. obedience is not conditional on knowing the end of the story. Yeah, exactly. And that, that for me, is the... <laughs> One of the biggest discipleship learnings is mm. my obedience is conditional on Jesus is the saviour. Yeah. There is an eternal destiny that is mine yeah. because of him. Yeah. And that's why, yeah. that's why I walk in obedience, not because he's going to make everything nice and shiny and yeah. in order this side of heaven. Yeah. And that's Im important, isn't it? So the, the minute we can enter into that place yeah. yeah well then anything's possible yeah anything's possible i was thinking about this for my own life i felt like um the lord show me what it means to be full in jesus only mm. and um and he, i felt like you know sort of nudge of the spirit sort of saying not i don't want you to be fat or famished mm -hmm. but fat on the praise of man or even if you look at these uh, these midwives, even that sort of gaining fat on the approval of power or the approval of what people think or um, even gaining prestige or whatever, but also not famished on the um, criticism um, or the lack of... Like starving. Yeah. yeah, and so then actually, if you're full in Christ, you can actually then continue to be or step into obedience because the fullness is already now mm. I don't, there's nothing else to gain i am full my cup overflows in him only i'm not going to get i'm not fat or famished i'm full always and so i think that's a good posture to be obedient um no love matter that. what that's yeah. so good i mean it's hard full, to step into but not fat or famished love that and so last thing that we wanted to draw out is this whole little thing around the lie, <laughs> because <laughs> like, I mean, I, they lied, they lied. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I mean, in a sense, it's kind of a funny lie yeah, it's because funny. it's, it's so, so ridiculous. ridiculous. What it exposes <laughs> is Pharaoh's complete ignorance about how birth works, which I think is quite amusing that they would know that. Again, patriarchal society, men had very, very little to do with childbirth whatsoever. And they play on that. Yeah. They play on the fact that oh, he's like, too oh, fast. oh gosh, I, I, I don't want to hear about this. They know that most men would be yeah, it, it would probably be disrespectful even to talk about those kinds mm, of things. Mm. I don't know. And so they use that. Mm. And it, and to you could imagine all the women are slightly sort of giggling under their breath, like, 
Oh, yeah, these babies, they just fly out. They absolutely fly out. We don't even have time to work out what gender they are. Um, and so it he's like, funny. okay, I've heard enough. Fine, whatever. Um, but they do lie. Yeah. And so we were sort of trying to figure that. And also we were reflecting on the fact that in series three, um, we look yeah, at yeah. Abigail. Yep. Amazing. Gosh, amazing. Abigail. And Abigail lies, again, in fulfilling the purposes of God. Yeah. And that led us to think about kind of motives. Again, hear us wrong. What we're not saying is, as long as you lie with a good motive, it's okay. I don't think that's right. But I think the main takeaway for us mm. is that God looks at the heart. Yeah. And, and actually, I read this thing. I was telling Amesy, I read this thing. Um, brilliant book um, over Christmas called uh, oh my goodness what's it called it's by Philip Yancey it's not what's so amazing about Grace I have read that that's awesome it's called I can't actually remember the name it's not yeah. it'll come back to me but anyway in it there's a chapter called God Loves Adverbs and any grammar geeks will be straight there but essentially if you're not brushed up on your grammar Essentially, an adverb describes a verb mm. and a verb is a doing word like to run or to serve or to cook or to speak, whatever. And an adverb describes the verb. So Amy served resentfully. Or Amy served passive aggressively <laughs> actually that is not you at all um or amy served faithfully oh. amy served compassionately yeah and i love that little in fact i think i think in the book philip yancey talks about the fact that it was the benedictine monks i think that came up with that phrase i think that's credit i hope i'm crediting that right but this idea that god cares about our motives yeah. that he cares way less about the verb yeah, that's good. what we do mm. he cares so much more about how we do it mm. so in a sense it doesn't matter well it does matter what we do mm. because we've all been put on earth to do different things it do, i'm not saying that but more than that, yeah. God cares about how we do something. And that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's, that's the fruit. All the fruit of the Spirit, I think, are adverbs. Yeah. Faithfully, patiently. Yeah. Good, 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 goodly. Anyway, yeah. yeah. It kind of works. Yeah. Just about lovingly, yeah. Yeah. joyfully, yeah. peacefully. Oh, I love I'm that. Because also, you know, you read about, you know, uh, cleaning up the outside of the cup and all of that stuff. And it's easy to sort of be doing the right thing. And you're a disaster, you know, you're, there's... Absolutely. There, or, or there's deceit inside, you know. So, again, we just have to... That God knows, right? He knows the motive. He knows the bigger picture. He knows what's going on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and in a sense, the, the, the sort of the doesn't matter what you do sentiment, it's like you could be... And again, it, it, for those that feel like they're not doing anything particularly important... Yeah. In the world's eyes, yeah. just do it with yeah. the best motives. Yeah. Like if... If yeah. you're serving coffee somewhere, if you're cleaning crap up off yeah, the floor so or, good. you know, again, tasks or jobs that wouldn't be considered particularly important mm. in the world's view. If you do those, yeah, it pleases the Lord. Yeah. Mm. With godly adverbs. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah. Equally engaging in activity that seems terribly worthy and terribly holy and terribly important. Yeah. If you're doing those with yeah. yucky motives, it's yeah. not good. I think that's a really good word. And so that's what we've taken out of this little moment where the midwives yeah. essentially, they kind of tell a little porky pie mm. about the way that, the, but they're doing it mm. 
faithfully yeah. they're doing it god fearingly god fearingly oh somebody's phoning you oh it's oh, yeah. tanya wilson hey youth she's t- yeah youth she heads up our youth stream what does she why don't we answer the phone oh, yeah, and see on, what you ta- answer it shall i answer yeah, it? so you're okay. live on a thing she'll love it tanya wilson you are live <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> i'm not joking <laughs> No, That's it's so not. It's Amy. Amy didn't put her phone on silent. There we go. There's a lesson there. So, uh, Shall you, you can say hello. Can you say hello? Oh, she can't hear. Yeah, I don't know whether we're going to be able to hear you. Let me quickly put you on speakerphone. This oh, is yeah. terribly exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, now you can say hello. Hi. Oh, my gosh. I feel awful. Don't That's feel so awful. Funny. An interruption from Tanya Wilson is never a bad thing. Anyway, I'm going to go. She'll, call, she'll, call, you, she'll call you back. Book your Bye. ticket for October. Any youths? Tell the youths to yes. come you along. You stream. What a, yeah. an amazing Tanya, time we had. Tanya, who has just called me, she heads it up for yeah. those that have no idea. It was um, awesome. Yeah. I think that's probably... I think we have covered all the bases. Yeah. It's a new year, a new series, <sighs> Yeah. new adventures. What have you taken from it? What are you going to go away with? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's the God-fearing thing for me. And yeah. I think that's a thing that we see all the way through. My goodness, what does it mean for me mm. in Birmingham in 2024 20, yeah. to live my life in a posture that fears the Lord, yeah. that fears his opinion, that is just constantly recognizing his authority in my life over any other earthly authority that might come yeah. to um, distract. Yeah. yeah. What good. about you? Yeah, that's good. I also think the whatever you do, what we were just talking about a minute ago, whatever you do, the integrity is living under God's eyes, isn't it? Yeah. And actually, whatever you do, do with um, a a willing heart that wants to serve him. And so I think that's really good. It's a really good word. Because whatever you do, doesn't matter. He sees the heart always. So. I've remembered the book title, (laughs) Rumours of Another World. There you go. Rumours of Another World, Philip Yancey, I recommend. Well, thanks for joining us mm. for the first episode of Series 4. We're very excited to be back behind yeah. the microphones. Maybe a warmer station next Hopefully time. Hopefully a little bit warmer. Um, it will get warmer as we go through the year. And have a great rest of the month. And um, we will see you soon. See you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on socials at The Orchard Women to find out more about everything coming up. 